Hello and welcome and good Friday. I mean, it's not good Friday, but it is a good Friday because it's Therapy Thursdays on a Friday here on This Is Going Well, I Think, with David Cooper, where I'm your host, David Cooper. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, the show where no one's listening and no one cares, the show where every show's the last one. Well, it's Therapy Thursdays on a Friday here with our expert in marital and family therapy, Gary Dierenfeld. He's also a social worker. I'll play therapist to him. He'll play therapist to me. Should be lots of fun. I'm going to go deep into how I've been feeling since my radio show has been canceled, since I lost my job last year. So this should be a fun one. But first, that theme music that really is the only good part of this show. here with Gary Dierenfeld. He is an expert in family and marital therapy. He's a social worker. He's a therapist. I'm still trying to figure out what my voice is in this show, but I guess I'm just using my radio style voice. Gary Dierenfeld, welcome <laughs> to whatever the hell this is. I know, but you know what? It Here we are. Uh, like free. Free nope, from nope, Bell, nope. free from our corporate overlords. Uh, let's give a little context for those tuning in who didn't listen to me uh, on my previous show, Our History. Um, I was struggling to fill spots. I had a four-hour show. And was I that had, all you were struggling no, with? No, 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 no. See, it's, it's a little different than that. I, I was sort of responsible for putting together this four-hour show at first, and then they finally gave me like a decent producer, Lydia. And I'm like, Lydia, I don't know what I'm doing, and I want guests. I need guests, but I need interesting guests. So from my end, it was like, oh, I just need to fill the time. But from my producer's end, it was like Gary Deere. Yeah, you put the weight on her shoulders. Yeah, she was like, I want you to do therapy with your girlfriend live on the radio. Do you remember that, Gary? Yes. It was, it yeah, was, it was, it was great. Like, it was, I was, as long as she consented. There yeah, it is. And, and she did. And so she comes on, my girlfriend, and it was like we got in this fight and you were, I don't know, playing the referee. You were just well, the therapist. Come on. That's what I do. But you're just thrust into my dysfunction. Uh, like, and I didn't even know you. And then, I don't know, for whatever reason, you decided to keep working with me. We clicked. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what, what do you do when you're not talking to me, Gary? Who are you? Well, you know, I'm a social worker by profession. People say, what the hell does that mean? I help people to get along and I help people to feel better about themselves. I've been doing it for 40 years. I got a lot of gray hair. <laughs> I tell parents that if they're going to send their kid to see me after I've met with the parents, I tell them to say, you're going to see a really nice, happy man. He's got white hair and a beard. I want them to put the image of Santa Claus into the mind of the you child. You kind of remind me of like a handsome Steven Spielberg type. You ever get that? Have you ever gotten that? <laughs> no, I, that's great too. But the kids won't know Spielberg, but they all know Santa Claus. When you see yourself, you don't see uh, Spielberg at all? No, Leonard uh, Leonard Malton, the, uh, uh, the film critic. I don't know if you know him. You may be too young. I don't. Leonard, Google Leonard Malton and uh, put my face beside his and you'll think we were brothers. I sent him a text. <laughs> To say, hey, you know, are you my brother? But he never answered. <laughs> I always say hi to people in public who people say, like, if someone's like, David, you look like that guy. I always go straight up to them and say hello. Um, that, that's just how I yeah. am. I talk to strangers in public and people. I mean, this is why New York suits me well. But apart from being a social worker, 
I'm just a regular guy. I'm a dad. I have a 38-year-old son. He's married. We got three grandkids who we babysit on Fridays. And uh, I'm married, my wife, Arlene, and the new puppy, Sydney. Who do you like better, the grandkids or the puppy? It depends how long the grandkids have been with us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I, look, how much you I, like I the grandkids? Yeah, it's true. That's I a function of them. how much time you spend with them. I adore them, but they're, they're still more work than the puppy. <laughs> when you look at the grandkids, do you think, how the heck did I, how the hell, how the fuck, I can swear on this show. I know you can. How, how did I do it with my kids? Because I, I was at my uh, girlfriend's house for Christmas, Miranda's house for Christmas, and they had these kittens. The kittens huh? smelled like pee, and they were all over the place. But I have a cat, and I'm like, how did I raise a kitten? Do you feel that way when you see the grandkids? You're like, how did I do this? I can't believe it. But I got to tell you, it is beautiful. I love it. When they come in, I, we're Jewish. They call me Zeta. Zeta! Oh, there is no better feeling in the world. But listen not everyone enjoys that relationship with their own children let alone the grandkids and so i i coach and counsel and do therapy to help people with that too so that they can enjoy all these relationships such a good person it's got to be a bad quality that you have though gary right uh i can be short i guess sometimes it takes a lot to get me there that's good okay we're getting somewhere okay so we started off on that wacky we'll have therapy with your girlfriend segment yes. but then it transitioned into something a little more normal where we're actually talking about like problems that come to mind that you've either had experience yeah. with in yeah. your sessions or that i've addiction would be something that i've brought to the table listen this is why i loved working with you because you're transparent and you own your shit and you weren't afraid to put it out there for us to talk about your journey, um, things that were helpful to you. Yeah, I, that's, why, that's why I'm drawn to you. That's really funny. You said shit, and all I could think of is, you can't say that on the radio. Um, well, okay, let's this get... This ain't radio, brother. I'm going to tell you about today, because today finally okay. feels good. Because not only am I talking about you, this is one of the first tapings I'm doing for this show, but I was in such a race to get ready in the morning when I woke up, okay? I was just completely stressed out, and now I've come to the show with my morning voice, a little more, I don't know, raspy, and when I hear my morning voice in my headphones right now, which I usually hate... But because I haven't worked in a while, like I'm arriving to the show today in like kind of a stressed out way, not happy with uh, my physical voice, not my metaphorical voice, but just that feeling. It feels like I'm working again. Well, listen, your voice is your, your voice is your face. You know, I do a lot of work on Zoom, so my face literally is my face. I don't worry about the voice. I worry about the face. But your voice is your face. I know my face so is ugly. I but get it. what I'm saying is all of that like normally today I'm arriving bad day. It actually feels really good because I'm working. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I have not worked Gary, other than the occasional appearance uh, on other people's shows. So th that's that, got to have been weird. It's because you were pumping out so many, so many interviews a week, like so many. I know it was obscene. It was 20 hours of commercial radio a week. Oh, that's that's 20 hours too many. I can't even stand my listening it's to myself huge. talk for five minutes. I don't know that people realize how huge that is to do. It's like I'm a parent with a lost child now that that's gone, Gary. <laughs> uh, and while I do feel great right now, which is kind of amazing, uh, I'm proud to say I'm happy to admit I'm excited to share with you that I'm very fucking depressed. I got it. I get it. I've been feeling since the show was canceled, agoraphobic, anxious. I've been feeling dysphoria. Um, I had a taping with you booked last week. Well, I knew some shit was going down because you you either blew me off or just didn't show up or something was happening. Because that's not you. I, t I mean, I messaged you beforehand. 
Um, I did have a headache and a mild fever the night before, but the morning I just had extreme anxiety. Um, it was this perfectionist procrastination. Uh, it was going to be the first taping wow. for the show, and by taping with you, I just I guess the fear was I'm actually putting the show down on paper. I'm taking this idea that could be perfect, and then I'm executing on it, which makes it you know real, might be good, but this ideal state when it's just in your mind is an idea. Uh, like perfect is the enemy of the very good, I think is the same. Yes. I love that quote. Who gave, I don't know. Who I don't know. I should, I should before I say these great things uh, that aren't <laughs> mine, um, I should, I look them up, which I will do, but I don't know. I was just, I was too anxious to face you last week to tape this show. And I'm really sorry. I canceled last minute. Um, yeah. but I've just, I, it's funny cause I feel great today which puts me in a great position to talk about the last month where I have not been feeling so great. But I want to, I want to just the overarching thing with you that I want to talk about. Sure. I actually don't have any good ideas about this other than like, just get your butt out off the couch. Uh, what do you do when you're in a rut? Cause the last six weeks yeah. for me have been just like rut city, Gary. Well, you know what? I, I'm glad you started by saying you were depressed before saying you were in a rut because rut is code for depression sure and you know what it starts with acknowledging it with owning it it's hard to change something that you don't acknowledge uh so that's where you start uh for everyone um okay you, you know, I, it's I'm, funny just, I'm just channeling my depressed mind okay i'm sitting on the couch i'm like i can't face gary today i can't do anything i don't want to be a rant like it's not that i'm suicidal i wasn't but I, like i don't want anyone to think of me the thought of them thinking of me talking about me talking to me my friends knowing anything like just the thought of existence was painful and you're telling you're telling me i have to acknowledge it and i'm like okay i've acknowledged yeah it. you do you have to acknowledge it you have to own it and you know, you're in a good relationship. At least you were the last time we chatted. I hope it's still there. No, I, I am. I am. But there's just so much pressure to be like in a good mood. But that is that can that can be your first go to. Just acknowledge to your partner, I'm in a rut. I'm overwhelmed. I'm fucking up. I can't do this meeting. And you know, just externalizing that finally. So you let. I wrote about this just this morning. This is so funny. Uh, you know, I went through the uh, quadruple bypass half a year ago, and I'm still traumatized by it. I still have some flashbacks to being in the cardiac ICU wow. that scare the shit out of me. So, like, sincerely. Like you wake up in a cold sweat or just you get a kind of like an acid flashback, but it's a surgery <laughs> flashback? Kind of like an acid flashback where where the tears are close to coming down. They've come down before. and And so... I, the advice I'm giving you, David, is what I do because it's helpful. And that is I own it. Oh, my God, I'm having this freaking flashback. I wish I wasn't, but I am. Uh, often I'm in my wife's company, Arlene. I'll turn to her and I'll say, I'm having a moment. And to her credit, she doesn't say anything. She kind of nods, acknowledges that she's heard me and just sits with me. So acknowledge to yourself, acknowledge to the people who support you. Uh, that's it. And it, it's not for them to fix us. It's for them to create that safe space with us. And we co-regulate with them because they're calm. We can, I like this phrase, borrow their calm and come back to some sort of equilibrium. But that's where it starts. It doesn't work all the time and for everybody. But there's something about being connected 
to someone who cares for us and can be share space with us to be a witness to our pain. Uh, it's real, but now it doesn't have to own us. We can start to own it. Okay, but I'm just, I, I love it. And it's like, it's all the soothing hearing you talk about, like what I'm ima imagining is kind of two steps, acknowledge to yourself, yep. acknowledge to the people who support you. But I'm yep. picturing myself six weeks ago. I'm like, all right, I, I, it's like I'm going through the motions. I say yeah. I'm depressed, nothing changes. I say I'm depressed to Miranda. She's just like concerned, but doesn't know what to do. Um, I guess to share a little more about what I was going through, like I, you, you mentioned I, I was doing this show like on commercial yeah. radio and it was like 20 hours of radio a week, about mm -hmm. 60 Huge. hours of work a week. Huge. And then Huge. when, and then Bell, Bell cancels the show, there's that law, there's just like empty. My whole life is this show, not because- Your identity yeah. was stripped from you. Well, that's I'm like, I, I'd like to think it wasn't. It was. I'd like to think this large corporation was just a microphone. I'm me. I'm always going to be me. Here I am. But like, it, it, it couldn't you help it. You loved what you were doing. I as loved and hated what I was doing because ah. the, sh the show was too much. It was like giving a kid too much candy every day. Yet it was still your identity. Even if it's a negative identity, it's an identity. I loved the show. I loved yeah. the work. I want to keep doing the work. Four hours a night by myself uh, with, with our too with much. our contributor, Tony Five, on for about half an hour a night. So realistically, three and a half hours a night. And then by the time they cut you loose, you're exhausted on top of the loss. Oh, man. People keep asking me, what are you doing next? What are you doing next? Love the show. Sorry, it got canceled. What are you doing next? I'm my inbox. Telling not... them to fuck off would be a good thing. Well, like, these are, no, no, these are, these I need are, to decompress. These are fans. These are listeners. And I'm making it seem like I have more than 10. I certainly don't. But, the, <laughs> but I get the emails. I mean, that first week, just this outreach i'm like where first of all where were you people when i was doing the show begging for phone calls thinking that no one was listening um well you don't need to tell them to fuck off i, I i'm being you know a little melodramatic there but to say you know what i'm taking my time to decompress and figure myself out i'm licking some wounds and we'll see where it takes me yeah. so so you can still own it you can still be you being transparent with it right uh and and through that we recover and you needed time to recover. I get it. I know. That's okay. and, I, and I was like having meetings and putting together this show and doing appearances on a local New York station. And I was on the air with Jim Richards and Richard Krauss. I'm still like in the Bell family. Um, you know, it's uh, Bell Media family. It's, but I guess I was doing some stuff, but it just felt like I was going through the motions. And, hon were. and honestly, only this yeah. week, only like today with you. And so, but like, I know there's like this formula, but for me, the only thing to like get out of a rut is force myself to do the work I love. You know, I, the only, I just have to give myself a deadline and I'm really fixated on the deadline, even though it's made up because I just need something, I needed something external. To well, look, the, the, those are good strategies as well. But listen, we're all born human. And when we've been kicked in the guts, we need to recover. And it, whether it's me, you know, last year, the open heart surgery, whether it's you losing this high profile, well enjoyed. Uh, role. <laughs> That's it your was. joke. Come high on. profile, well enjoyed. Well, low profile, wildly hated. Uh, no, no. I, I Look, you, you can dismiss and demean yourself all you want. I'm not joining you with that one. But there was there was a huge loss and you needed time to decompress and lick the wounds. And you're human. And none of us, none of us are exempt being human. I'm a social worker for God's sakes. And I'm I'm copping to my post-traumatic stress 
from my surgery. I'm owning it. I'm being transparent. I, you know, knowing what's going on doesn't exempt you from being human. Is there period. no way to snap out of things? Like that's, I, I guess time. I'm just, just time. time. Yeah. I guess that's uh, and, and working, you know, some of these solutions that we've been talking about. You do have to work it. Otherwise you can live in the rut and we don't want people to live in the rut. I, it, that's, if, frankly, if time is the magic formula, that's both wonderful and kind of scary. Cause when you're in it, it's like, there's no quick fix. I know because you're feeling engulfed. Yeah. I, I get it. And listen, if you were month after month after month living in that rut, then we may want to say, you know, let's do some therapy. Let's try some talk therapy. And if that doesn't work for you, then we, you know, look at medication. I, I don't and know. If, I don't know if I get along with my. Th- I don't know if I get along with my therapist, Gary. I'm like, mate, <laughs> how do you quit a therapist? Uh, you don't. <laughs> you, a therapist I, is I like really a parent. Liked, I really like my old therapist, and then she couldn't treat you, me you in New what? York. And oh, even God. if you think you're quitting them, you have their voice inside your head, like you do your parent, and hopefully it's a good voice. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know what? Hopefully the, it's a good voice. The only therapist I've ever seen are Jews. Now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and here uh, I am. Nah, well, I guess you as well. Um, okay. I just, I, I like that. I, I was like, okay, I'm going to tell you all my problems. We're going to go through your steps and I'm going to argue with you and say those steps didn't work because I tried all of them. And then you arrived at this last one time and I'm like, oh shit, that's what worked. <laughs> well, and all the others. It's cumulative and it's being human and it's just, we get to be human. Yeah. And, and we get to grieve. And we get to mourn our losses. And then we integrate the experience. We integrate it versus deny it and throw it away. We integrate it. We don't We don't get over it. I hate that phrase, get over it. We integrate it. And then we, you know, God willing, we actually learn from it. And then we can say, what, you know, what would I do differently? How, what, what do I want to do next? And then we reinvest. And we see how it goes. This cycle of like being depressed, giving it time, having some idea and like getting out of the rut, maybe forcing yourself to do work or maybe setting boundaries with someone or changing your job or finding out some amazing new idea about yourself that connects to the way you were as a child. I've just gone through that cycle in therapy so many times. This time when I was depressed and like after I lost this job, I would come to therapy and I'm like, I'm so sick of this cycle of being depressed, talking it out with a therapist, coming to some revelation, being like, this is the thing that I've integrated and now I understand about myself. And, I, and I'm just like, I'm just so bored of this whole cycle. I've been to too much. Can, can you be to, go to too much therapy, Gary? <laughs> you know what? You actually can go to too much therapy. Uh, and there are folks who are in a sense addicted to their therapy. And every time they hit a bump in a road, that's where they go. I, I don't, I'm not looking at you that way, just, just to be clear. <laughs> uh, but I have seen others that way where I, where I will look at them and I say, no, you know, you've lost your, your sense of agency, resiliency, because people keep telling you what to do. So I, I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be the person that actually withdraws and lets you sort this out because um, you need that experience too which is very different. It almost sounds cruel, but it, it, it's it's like finally, you know, the mama bird pushes the baby bird out of the nest and they got to fly. We do that when we have confidence that the individual can fly. They just haven't found it in them themselves. 
It's very, so, yeah, it's very parental. Have, it's that kick in the <clears throat> pants, leave the nest, go get your first job yes. at a university. Yes. And so, yeah, you can be hooked on therapy and then, you know, you meet someone like me who says, no, I'm not going to work with you because I, I think you need to sort this one out yourself. You've had enough therapy. Uh, put it together. See what happens. Call me in a month's time. I, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to meet with you then, but I think you'll see things very differently. And lo and behold, people see things very differently. Interesting. And, I, and then you get to just cheerlead and say, good for you. You finally integrated it. I, I think me saying that, like, I'm sick of this cycle of being depressed, doing at work in therapy, coming to some revelation, it working me. I was like looking at that cycle that I've gone through, seeing it really clearly because I've like integrated that cycle and just saying to my therapist, I don't have the energy. Like, you know, in a way, like, I need time, let me be depressed, I think is what I was saying. I, You know what? I'd have no issue with that. Yeah. Just don't live. I, we're not going to let you live there forever. Um, uh, eventually, you come back to the land of the living. And sometimes you need a kick in the pants to help that when we're further down the line. But for goodness sakes, again, you did experience a loss. There was something to grieve. And you it, it's disrespectful to the client, to the to the patient, to the person, <coughs> to suggest they shouldn't grieve or mourn. It's disrespect. It's to it dismisses everything that they've been doing and went through for God's sakes. So yeah, you get you get to own that. You you earned it, David. You oh. earned. All right, I had a business. shitty month. Okay, we talked about that. It's funny you saying being <laughs> addicted to therapy. I'm like, okay, that's maybe that's my problem. Have you seen that, like, in your clients oh, where they're addicted to therapy with you? Yeah, they don't get addicted to me. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't let them get dependent on me. Okay, right. But you know, I got to be careful because I'm going to piss off a lot of therapists when I say all that because they will say that. Uh, you know they're not dependent on on the therapist they're just helping them through and processing and whatnot anyways i guess i take a different view yeah you can get addicted to therapy well i'm addicted to xanax and alcohol fortunately <laughs> clean from xanax about four years alcohol th uh, three since september jeez that's, that's fantastic there was one night you know in november after the show got canceled where I said to my girlfriend, like, could I have a quarter of a Xanax bar? Because she's got a little for, you know, I don't know where it is. I'm like, don't tell me where that is. It's just for her. Like, if she's on a plane and freaks out or, you know, she uses it like a normal human being. Um, yeah. And yeah. She, she's like, I don't think that's a good idea. She's she's right. And then I was just like, fine, fine. I, and, I, and then she wanted to discuss. I'm like, I don't even want to discuss it. You're absolutely right. Um, and there were, I was thinking less so of drinking, but like the thought crossed my mind. I was at the house alone a couple nights because she's like traveling and I'm like, maybe I'll have a drink. No one will know. Um, I came close. Uh, glad I didn't. It's, it's, uh, like, it's I'm like, glad you didn't. There's something so like nice it. about like, okay, I'm three years, three months. It's like, oh, I got to reset the counter or I got to lie to people. Um, no, eventually you'd have to come clean and own it because then you're not doing the work. Yeah. But then, okay, okay, I relapse, and then I'm like, oh, here's my relapse story. It's just all so boring. I'm like, it's just better not to do the drugs. I'm, I'm sick of being like an addict and bringing my addiction to my work and talking about it on the radio. And it's just like, it's, it's no offense. I mean, I'm not saying other people's addiction issues are boring. I'm just saying I'm bored of my own. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. You know, maybe you've talked it out enough. You don't need to talk about it anymore, including with me. And that would be fine. Yeah. Okay, Gary, I want to talk about something. I was looking at your, I was looking at your social media. Yeah. You're very upset with Electrolux. 
Oh my God. Can we talk about this? Cause I'm seeing what you're posting and oh I'm like, what is God. going on? Why ne- are you like, sharing this? To, like, what do you have on your company? Your- gaslighting. Oh, you've oh got what? You've got what? Like, I don't know. Tens of thousands of followers. <laughs> I know. And you're posting about Electrolux. What's going on, Gary? Well, first of all, I, I'm acting out a bit. I got to uh, acknowledge it, but it's also a strategy. <laughs> Um, we bought Gary, a washer dryer Gary set. Deerenfeld V Electrolux. I love it. <laughs> it's going to be like Kramer versus Kramer. What's going on? We we bought a washer dryer in uh, June or July, and the dryer has never functioned appropriately since the day we brought it home. Oh, no. And Electrolux denies that there's a problem. We're on the fourth repair person. It, the first repair person, they're here. They get Electrolux on the phone, and Electrolux says change your laundry detergent and we're like what for the dryer <laughs> change my laundry detergent they, like they me. offer these cockamamie things to do Wait, they sent someone over to tell you that well they sent somebody over he phones their technicians the big technicians at electrolux and they say change your laundry." i said i'm using the recommended detergent that you've got written on the bloody door of the washing machine Oh, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that. Change it. So like like idiots, we changed it. But it's not that I'm an idiot. I realize I got to jump through their stupid hoops before they're going to replace the damn machine. And it's stupid hoops. You are aware Electrolux is our only sponsor, Gary, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the technician comes. They're not qualified to tell you to use a different detergent. They call the, you know, the big honcho That's technician. Right. It's, it's like going we through the tears of customer service. Uh, big, big honcho from corporate says new detergent. You switch Robin, from- Listen, Robin Williams did uh, Mork and Mindy. Yeah. And on, this goes back. You're, you're too freaking young for this. And on Mork and Mindy, there was the great giant head that Mork had to report to on planet, whatever it was. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I was in the scene from an old- comedy show mork and mindy where the repairman is gonna talk to the big giant head to tell us what to do here and we get change the laundry detergent <laughs> all right so they had to send someone to the house well, that's probably what twenty dollars an hour twenty five dollars an hour when you think of the that truck was a several and, hundred dollar um house call yeah and then, okay yeah. so and then so you go from tied to i don't know i don't know what's that even president's know. choice we went we tried president's choice for a week okay. the problem remained it's, they send the repairman back the repairman can't fix anything and they say like between our repairman and electrolux yeah we've exhausted all the things everything else why is can't right they send you, isn't there a lemon law or something can't they just send you a new one no kidding right no kidding so so he says there's nothing for me to fix we phone electrolux back and said, this is what the repairman told us. And he said, and they said, oh, we haven't received his report yet. We can't do anything until we receive the written report. I called the repairman. We, he says, we already emailed it. I said, email it again. Email it to me. I will forward it. We sent the report four times and four times they said they didn't have it. Then, no, I'm sorry, on the fourth time they said, oh, we have the one that you sent, Gary. But because it came from you, we can't use it. In other words, I falsified the report. <laughs> are, are you kidding? That's what you're telling me? You're committing fraud. Mm. So, so, but after that, on on the phone, they tell me, yes, we're going to replace it. And 10 days goes by. I don't get a call from the company 
setting it up. I phone them back and they say, oh, there's nothing on file saying we're going to replace it. We'll have to send another repair person. So then they send the third repair person who comes and says, there's nothing wrong that I can fix with the machine, but we're going to change a bunch of parts. Yeah, got to swap out the parts. And I go, what do you mean you're going to change parts? But and he says, and it won't, and it won't change anything. It won't fix anything. But at least they, they, they will. They'll change parts, but not the machine. Are you fucking kidding? Me? Wait, wait. They told you it wouldn't fix anything. The repairman told me that. Yeah, he's like, I just need gonna... to. Do, I need to do it just to get to the next ex this stage of escalation here. Pretty much. Jesus Pretty much. fucking Christ. Oh uh, man. Okay. All right. Well, so that guy was sick. The parts come in. A fourth repairman comes to replace the parts. They wouldn't replace the whole door, which was or is part of the problem. They would replace the latch. Meanwhile, you're going inside out on your underwear. They're uh, they're yellow I, and brown I, I, on I, either sides. You I, got athlete's foot because you can't change your socks. We we actually can use the machine, but it's not efficient, and it leaves uh, lint, and it leaves some things <laughs> wet. <laughs> right there's so, there, there's got to be a lesson here when to throw so, in the so towel the is this that stubborn goes, is this that temper coming out i mean for me i throw in the I, towel I, I, i'm loving pulling these this thread and just seeing what keeps unraveling because it, it's it's ridiculous and i am posting about this journey <laughs> on my facebook page and on electrolux's facebook page <laughs> which blows me away that they don't scrub their own facebook it's, page I mean, Gary, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to like it. It's a little petty what you're doing, but I guess you're trying to just get a. I'm thing trying fixed. to get attention. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's not petty. Uh, other people have told me they don't like when this stuff goes viral on social media because it hurts the company's brand and and it can affect sales. Okay, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I'm doing it to get some bloody traction out of Electrolux. How uh, so, dare they lint up Gary Deerenfeld's clothes? How uh, dare they? You buy, look, you, you, supposedly I was buying the best one available and it's garbage. <laughs> and it's making my clothes look, you know, linty like unkept. There's it's a, ridiculous. There's this great piece. I think it's on This American Life. It's like 20 years old, 15 years old. I remember listening to it with my ex-wife. I think it's Mike Birbiglia. I don't remember. But the short of it is he gets in this car accident. It's clearly the other person's fault, but the cop checks off that it's his fault on the uh, paperwork. Uh, and so both insurance companies start going after him. And he get, finally gets to the station, gets the cop to admit I did the paperwork wrong. But the, sar the sergeant or whoever's in charge just doesn't want to fix it because it's just changing the paperwork's too difficult. And he gets to the end of his line and his wife, and he's like, it's like ruining his marriage. And his <sighs> wife is just like, dude, pay the money. It's like a thousand dollars. Just pay it. He's like, no, that's not the point. And it's like, eventually, that's is, this where the, I am. is this the hill you want to die it, on, Gary? I, uh, you know what? Um, I don't get angry often and i'm not even angry with this i'm incredulous like are you kidding me this is this is a riot this is how i'm looking at it. this is a riot this is crazy and people should know i you know i have a voice i have a platform all right i'll use it so here's look at here's what here's the here's the latest in the saga okay i'm trying to find the executives at electrolux in canada so that i can involve them and maybe at that level if i keep bringing and dumping information on them maybe they'll take action on my behalf because customer service is a misnomer it is not customer service it's <laughs> disservice customer. <laughs> get the hell away from me so so i went to linkedin and i was looking for the executives 
But then, you know, this is the man who said what he's doing isn't petty, but go on. I'd have to pay to send them a message, which I'm not going to do because I'm cheap. (laughs) So, So I look on their activity from their home page on LinkedIn, and you can see where they've actually commented on other people's uh, posts. So I clicked on that and where they've commented, and I didn't care what the comment was or where they were posted. <laughs> I replied to their comment knowing that they would get a notification, oh. hey, somebody's replied to your comment. And there I wrote, I'm a disgruntled customer who's been, you know, getting the rigmarole and the runaround, and this isn't appropriate anymore, and I need somebody at, at Electrolux to take responsibility for this. And I did that to about three or four or five execs. I, I stalked them on LinkedIn. Is this where we're at, or is there more to the song? No, this is, so one of them actually instant messaged me and got in touch with me and said that he's going to stick handle this and walk this through. And it's not that he promises me satisfaction in in his message to me, but he says, you know, uh, I'll make sure this is taken care of. And I I replied, you know, graciously, because at the end of the day, I tend to still be gracious. You know, thank you very much. Here's what I'm going through. I don't have faith, you know, and we'll have to just see where it goes. Uh, But I do appreciate you doing what you can, because as you can hear, this is ridiculous. And I posted... Our, I took screenshots of our chat mm-hmm. and I posted that on my Facebook page. <laughs> Is that where we're at? Yeah. So that the whole world can know what Derenfeld is going through holding this mammoth company, billion dollar company, accountable to little old me. And let me tell you, the comments on my Facebook page, person after person after person, I'm not buying Electrolux now. I'm not buying Electrolux now. I'm not. So look, this stuff carries weight. And we'll just have to see where it goes. It's it's a look. It's a David and Goliath thing, right? I'm imagining you leaving your wife Arlene and having an affair with this executive. I don't know, uh, Gary. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question right now that I feel like should be obvious. Am I sane? <laughs> no, that's not the question. <laughs> what? This is what I mean by me being to too much therapy because this is the first question I think any therapist was asked, but would ask a patient. But I think you're maybe too close to this to ask it yourself, or maybe you already have an answer. I don't know. Here's the question. Is it really about the washer dryer? Uh, No, of course not. (laughs) No, it's about David and Goliath and not being screwed over. No, I mean, what's going on with you that it's like, this is like a, this sublimation is the word. You know, there's like something going on and you're taking it out in an adult way. Well, I am taking it out in an adult way. It's like you want to fight, you're upset, but rather than take it out on your wife or your pet or your kids or your grandkids, let's do it on a faceless corporation. (laughs) No, no, What's going on? Why? This is not sublimation. This is not me taking out anger that I have elsewhere and displacing it on Electrolux. Electrolux owns this. You know people are good at deluding themselves because you've treated so many of them. How can you be sure you're not deluding yourself with this answer? let me lie down. Go on ahead. my couch. <laughs> Let me lie down on my couch. I, I don't know. Maybe you're catching me something in, in something. But it's like but Gary David, wants to be a troublemaker. Gary wants the attention. Gary wants to be right. Gary wants to fight and knock out the bully, but he can't do that because Gary's got a job. Gary's got a family. Gary's got people who rely on him. Gary's got patience. <laughs> Gary's a social worker. Gary can't do those things because it would cost him his image, his job, his family life. But you know what Gary can do? He can take on. A corporation that did him wrong. I, th- I th- this is what could be going on. 
That'd be amazing. Maybe it is. You're welcome. That'll be $50 an hour, and uh, you can send that to my secretary. Uh, Gary, is this a natural time to wrap up? I just want to say thank you for joining me on whatever journey this is. David, you know I love you. Uh, You know, it's funny because we've been talking for about 40 minutes, and I'm like, it's going to be 45 minutes. And when you used to do the radio show, it was only 20 uh, yeah. And you're like, David, you are aware that we just talk for 25 minutes anyway before and the interview. That's great. So it's, I, love, I love talking with you. It's I, so easy. I am so looking forward to hearing the end of this journey. Uh, it is escalated to an executive. Um, I think it, there might be resolution, but I don't know. I don't like what this says about us. You're like a guy who's got a good LinkedIn. You look good professionally. <laughs> you, you're, you're tech savvy. What about those who like don't have those things and have well, a broken that's, that's, washer dryer? Okay. Okay, David, this is why I am transparent about what I'm going through and I post about it so that people can learn. First of all, uh, don't take it out on anyone who doesn't own it. So I'm not going to take this out on, on customer cars. support. That's I hate that. It's I like, don't take it out on customer support. I, I don't. I just keep talking yeah. and saying, but what you're telling me doesn't make sense. This sounds like gaslighting. I, I label it. I said, please know that I am also recording all of our conversations as you are because you know you, you you click in press this number for this and that and then you hear this this message will be re- your conversation will be recorded and i let them know so am i i'm recording as well <laughs> it's so petty i love it <laughs> no this no is, it's not petty no, it's I... accountability because <laughs> i am being professionally gaslit through a corporation it's it's remarkable but by posting this stuff look and and i do remain calm and cool by posting this stuff hopefully i'm showing some of the folks who follow me as angry as or aggravating as the situation may be manage your anger um be in charge of you don't let somebody else provoke you where you lose yourself in the process that's the real message in this david and that's why uh, people are following this saga and they're amazed that I've put up with it without drilling somebody. But that's it. No one's going to cause me to do something that will reflect poorly on me. What? I own me. At the beginning- and that's what I want other people to do. I want them to manage big emotions responsibly. And that's all I'm doing all the way through this. At the beginning of this interview, I said, Gary, you're such a good guy. Do you have any bad <laughs> qualities? And you said, well, my temper. And then yeah. I just hear this long story about how you're taking, you're, you're, you're directing your temper. I don't have much of a temper. You're <laughs> directing your temper at something that can handle it. It's a large corporation. In fact, they deserve it. They treated you bad. I think this is wonderful. I think this is, if you're going to need a spot to take it out, here's your spot. You've, you've picked like the perfect place to focus a temper uh, it's not really hurting anyone at the end of the day, except for like shareholders, but screw them, right? <laughs> You're a riot. You just want to pin it on me. <laughs> There's got to be something there, not, isn't there? Look, at, I'm also not that defensive. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm the same way. It's like, it's funny. You like when people corner me and they're like, you're wrong or you shouldn't yeah, have done okay. this. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I, yeah, I, I don't mind. <laughs> Take a look at my shoulders. Yeah. Where are my shoulders? Because you and I are on Zoom doing this interview. Where are my shoulders? They're on beside your head. I don't know. Come on. They're drooping. They're down. Oh, I'm not yeah, mine excited. Too, throughout, yeah. throughout all of this conversation, I don't get my knickers in a knot. Oh, I just shout. I'm not. It's not that I'm excited. Yeah. I'm just loud. <laughs> uh, Gary, thanks for coming with you on this journey. Uh, I hope to have you back on the show. And I it's just really appreciate you coming here and, and doing this with me. Love you, brother. Let's oh, do it again. He loves me. <laughs> you said some very kind things to me uh, when the show, got, my previous show got canceled, and I don't forget them, Gary. So anyway, thanks for being here. I was nervous to ask you to come on because I'm like, he's going to say no. 
Oh, please. This is fun. I thought that of everyone I asked, nobody said no. Uh, Of course not. um, We like you. No, I don't think that's true. There's got to be another reason. Maybe my mother's paying you. My brother used to tell me my parents paid my friends to hang out with me. Like, this is the environment I grew up in. Oh, my God. Well, listen, now you know why you did those drugs and alcohol, right? I guess. When you look back on that shit and the impact. And look, I was going to talk today on my Facebook page about teasing children. Don't do it. Yeah. And don't do it. Yeah. Love them. You know who you should tease? A large corporation. They deserve it. (laughs) Uh, if you have negative impulses, find a productive outlet that could cause real change, okay? And really isn't going to hurt anyone, except for a faceless corporation who, in all honesty, they deserve they it. They can take it. They think can about, take it. Think about the supply chain that got those parts in that washer dryer. You think they're not, like, polluting rivers in China and, like, using, you know, labor in India? Like, they're, they're, these are not good companies. Even if the, on the surface they are, if you look at how, like, the, the final product goes from raw materials to your house, there's there's some people that are not good in that supply chain. So they deserve it. I think that. I'm giving it to them. That's good. <laughs> uh, I hope one day you give it to me on the radio. That would be my great joy. All right, Gary, thank you for having you yourself on my, let's say that again. Gary, thank you for, I'm not going to fix it. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, didn't say it right. Gary, thank you for being here. I love you too. uh, And hope to talk to you again soon. All the best. L'chaim.